0: Hi, I'm Tony Hines, and you're listening to the Chain Reaction Podcast, all about supply chain advantage. Well, it's great to be back. Got some great things coming up on the show, so stay tuned. had the great pleasure to talk to Frederico Crespo, and he's the CEO of Valiot, and they're based in the United States, headquartered in Austin, Texas, and we had a wide-ranging discussion on all things about artificial intelligence, supply chain operations, and the sort of work that he's done with various organisations, and of course, what Valiot are doing to improve supply chain performance. So I'm sure you're going to find this episode really interesting. Federico is a graduate of MIT in Boston and he runs a, an AI company and he does a lot of his work around supply chains. He has a background where he spent time in a paint manufacturing company working in his grandfather's business in Mexico in early life and uh, he told me he learned a lot and that's when he got his interest in manufacturing businesses and it was a delightful conversation I had with him about his experience and his recent work putting forward solutions with artificial intelligence and software solutions, as well as good common sense, to improve business performance. And in this episode you'll hear him talk about his work with Heineken in Mexico. So I let Frederico talk about that. I mean, obviously, you know, coming from the manufacturing background, that's very interesting, isn't it? And what led you towards the work that you did with Heineken down in uh, Mexico?
1: Yeah, so i um, also passionate about uh, system dynamics, like that, the math around system dynamics and how it works and, and, and everything. Um, and uh, so I stumbled upon just by, I don't know, luck or uh, the universe or whatever you want to call it. I stumbled upon uh, uh, the VP of manufacturing in Heineken, Mexico. And we were talking about uh, how old or old-fashioned a lot of manufacturing processes are. We we were not even talking about Heineken. We were just talking manufacturing as, as itself and, yeah. and like running uh, or working with him throughout this uh, fundamental idea that i was just telling you about about how old and how little connected and how huge uh how, how companies rely too much on, on human decision making and he, he was like you know what what you're telling me it's something that uh, i was looking for like someone to tell me something mm-hmm. like this mm-hmm. What did you come to to Heineken and show me what you can see. So I literally went to the brewery and I started, uh, I, I did uh, a long walk through the whole brewing process. I talked to a lot of operators. I talked to a lot of executives there. Um, and uh, while doing so, I identified 16 different pain points. Mm-hmm. and say, hey, his name is Sergio. And I said, hey, Sergio, you have these 16 different pain points. Yeah. And he was expecting me to solve them all. And I said, like, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot solve all of them. I just... Yeah. I, I, I was just able to, to identify them. This is the one that I can solve you yeah. and probably the, the most uh, the most relevant one. Uh, regarding value chain optimization and the and the production scheduling, and what we did is to be able to to understand how the factory was going to be behaving and what uh, impact on the on the system as a system. Yeah, taking this approach on system dynamics, uh, like a small change in the process, like for example, a a if a, if a canning line is supposed to go at two thousand cans per minute and it's going at nineteen hundred cans per minute, almost nobody can even identify the change. And even if they do, they don't understand the, the, the impact on the whole system, that that 5% difference of the handling length, it's it's affecting the whole like, yeah,
0: yeah, it's the butterfly in Brazil. Uh, is it at the uh, Lorenz moment, I think, isn't it?
1: Yes, yes,
0: yes, yes. Yeah.
1: So we were able to, to identify that and, and sort of double click on that a few times and we were able to create a a super compelling business case for them. And after we implemented it, they they were really amazed at
0: it. Yeah. And obviously you, you, I see from the article, you spent some time at MIT and you came across, uh, the little model, the throughput model where you were, were kind of analyzing that. So in the article, I think it talked about that a little bit. Um, so, I mean, did you find that particularly useful for your uh, setting up of the algorithm for AI? Is that what you did?
1: Yes. I mean, I find the little slot particularly useful in a lot of places in my life.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, yeah, don't worry. All...
1: Because it's something super powerful because it's so simple yet so yeah, so little like known. Uh, yeah. if, if you have a saturated system and you're able to reduce the time, it, like the cycle time of the process, that's obviously... And, and was it um now that i sort of uh, internalize it it's so simple that it's almost hard for me to think that someone wouldn't understand that
0: um, uh yeah i think i think that's right i think the simplest things are often the best things because uh you know we don't appreciate them that much but uh, once you get to understand a simple system it's surprising how powerful it can actually be and
1: exactly and and i was talking to to the vp regarding the little dot the vp of manufacturing and he said i want more throughput at my factory and i said you have only two ways of doing that mm-hmm. increase your, your current machine capacity or reduce the cycle time and that's it
0: yeah <laughs> was he shocked
1: <laughs> yes and, and and he was like, wait, what do you mean? What do you mean? I have an additional uh, way of, of looking at it because his his mindset and probably most of the, of the manufacturing executive is more machines.
0: Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. It's a, it's quite amazing, really. I mean, you know these these simple models. I mean, when you were talking before, and he was expecting uh, miracles to happen, when you talk to him about uh, the 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 improvements you could make, often we, we focus on the big things, don't we? We focus on the Pareto moments and looking at the 80-20. What can we have the most impact on? And so across the network, um, obviously you've got your company which does this AI. And um, can you give us another application where perhaps you've employed the little approach to, um, because I, I know you you've talked about it quite a bit. I, I saw the article I think you wrote in in the conversation, um, which was quite uh, quite interesting as well. Because you gave other examples there, so perhaps you could tell us about an, another example.
1: Yeah, for sure. So um, again, little flow is super powerful uh, if you're able to to reduce the cycle time of a saturated system, you're gonna be able to drastically increase the uh, throughput of the process. Another, another company that we're working with, it's a huge ceramic tile manufacturer. Um I think it's the second largest in the world. And uh, the way they used to operate uh, that company the process started with a huge furnace. Um and I was talking to the operator and I said, hey, how do you decide the the set point of the temperature and the time each uh like the, the time you'd set up for the furnace to be working. And I was expecting something highly material engineered of stuff. and he was like no it's between 1200 and 1800 degrees and it depends on if it's cold outside I just let it be a little more and I was like wow a multi-billion dollar company depends on whether these guys were in a jacket or not
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know it's incredible really and,
1: and, and that obviously leaves massive amount, not just for, for the little, uh, lot because it, it obviously reduces the cycle time and optimizes the cycle time of the process, mm. but it also creates uh, an immense amount of, of uh, utility consumption, uh, quality issues along the process. And just like that specific decision point, there are a lot of decision points that work for the manufacturer process. That's one. Uh, another, it's a company that we work with, it's uh, also a huge chemical company. Uh, they do folios and um, the, the most relevant waste of time that they used to have was regarding the time it took from uh, the commercial team, the replenishment team and the production team. Like that loop by itself, it took massive amount of time. Yeah. to get in, everyone onto the same page and, yeah. and, and everyone not just to communicate what was happening, but also to be able to say, hey, I made this decision, but you were expecting me to make another decision. And they were expecting us to make an additional decision. And that sort of miscommunication creates, uh, first of all, a cycle time of the process, not just the manufacturing process, but the whole value chain process. Once the, uh, the, the the sale is made by the commercial team towards the once like the times from the commercial team. Make the sale all the way to the finished goods already shipped. Mm. Uh, that the most waste of time was regarding the communication of these guys. It was not a, a manufacturing sort of time or everything. Mm. So to be able to, to reduce that time, reduce it drastically, reduce the cycle time of the process.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's always important, isn't it? To compress that time because basically you've got. Um, time that's of no value it doesn't add any value to the process as you say yeah so you've got to compress it and in terms of the um if you were saying to people you know obviously communication is is a thing but we can communicate in different ways now we don't have to spend hours in meetings or talking to people as such we can have the communication process um done digitally and part of the process when we talk about digital transformation is to move to this New way of communicating were actually you don't need humans involved all the time, but they need to be involved some of the time at the important points. So, yes,
1: exactly, I, I was just about to talk about that. Um, this communication used to be needed in order for decisions to be made, yeah, and to be made uh, accordingly. To what is expected as a business but nowadays with, with this sort of software and this sort of technology those decisions can be made without a human in, in the middle yeah and and just sort of report to us to human what is actually happening yeah. and that almost always also creates a an optimization on those and the decision making not just in time but also on the decision by itself yeah like to decide what and when to do um so yeah the the, the communication it's no longer a, a human to human or something like that. It's just like uh, it's more of a connectivity sort of thing, more than a communication sort of thing.
0: Yeah, and the sort of thing that your company does. I mean, is is that what you are actually promoting with organisations when you talk to them about their problems? Are you trying to give them the um, technology to transform their business into this digital type of approach?
1: Yeah. So, our approach as a, as, a, as a company is to how we can deliver the most value to other companies. Yeah. Um, and we identified two teams. One, one aiming at the at the chopper by itself. The decisions that are already being made in the chopper, but the operators or engineers in, in it uh, are almost always isolated from the rest of the chopper floor uh, processes. And obviously, uh, taking a lot of considerations regarding on their experience. And the other one is uh, regarding the whole value chain, starting from commercial teams or, or, or uh, demand forecast procedures, that it has surprised me how bad we are as a, as a human, as a as a humanity by uh, forecasting how things are going to be made, especially <laughs> with all the advanced technology and math that we have right now. But well, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and, 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 and the other one is uh, to be able to, regarding what's needed to be produced, that sort of creates a ripple effect of what is needed to be bought and what's needed to be communicated and what's needed to be transported from one part to the other. And that is a system on its own. And to be able not just what what we really like our, our most relevant value proposition is to be able to react, to predict and react on how things are going to be behaving, not just to provide you something, to be able to understand how your system is working again, system dynamics and uh, yeah. to be able to understand how a single difference on something that was expected to be happening, it's going to have a massive ripple effect on the rest of the system Mm -hmm. because that's how it works and Mm -hmm. to be able to predict that and react in the most optimal way.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's always, it's always about system dynamics. Uh, I think sometimes when it's a, a human-to-human process, and I think of the history of uh, supply chains and how people tried to coordinate things in the system, and, you know, you get the bullwhip effects and so on, then often they were also misdefining what the system was. Um, so you didn't have, you know, they didn't have a clear picture of their role in the system and the full extent of the system. And I think it's, like it's, it. it's creating this visibility, I think, isn't it, that's important. It's, it's making things visible and taking the the human error out of the way
1: yes the human error and, and the human capability because again it, it doesn't have to be an error not and, and no. it's not optimized uh and and what i've stumbled upon is that most of the of the executives or operators or engineers or anyone in, in the system is not aware that he or her sort of uh what what they're doing has a ripple effect on the whole system. It's not just yeah. on his isolated area of influence. Uh, so yeah.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's important. I mean what, what tips would you give for uh, people wanting to enter uh, industry to work in supply chain areas in nowadays?
1: Like for young fellas trying to, to work in, in yeah. Well uh That's a good question. Definitely to identify the new trends, the new technologies that are there. Uh, try to understand, not just, uh, how the, like not to memorize. I like to say this regarding my old college days, like not, not memorize the formula, but understand how the system works.
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah, I understand. Uh, Yeah.
1: And 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 that's something highly relevant for me because when companies are able or or executives are able to understand, deeply understand how their supply chain or the manufacturing works, they're able to challenge the status quo in the right place and 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 on the right time. Yeah. And we are living in in, in a times of fundamental shifts on, on how the value chains are gonna be restructured. Obviously, a massive geopolitical change. Yeah, uh, the COVID, uh, a lot of global shortage regarding uh, a lot of raw materials and stuff like that. So that's gonna drastically change the rules of the world, and, and or especially the the value chains. And if you're if you do understand how your value chain works, and these sort of things stumble in front in front of you, you're gonna be able to to take the right course of action.
0: Yeah. So it. It's about learning to adapt, isn't it? It's about it's about being adaptable, being agile, uh, having the flexibility to do that. And as you say, before you can do that, you need to understand the processes, and you need to understand how it's all put together. You know, where is the value created?
1: And and to really challenge things, I mean, uh, it, it, it must, I and it's something sort of new, but to understand that, that the way things work right now may not be the way things work in, in a couple of years, let, let alone five or 10 years.
0: Yeah. I think that's right. I think the time uh, changes are much faster, aren't they? Things are happening much, much more and, quickly. And it, it took, yeah. about yeah, go on.
1: Sorry. The capability of unlearn, it's something that it's almost never stated. And I think it's highly relevant.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, I, I can think, you know, people used to say, well, you know, we're making for stock and they'd be doing this for years. And, you know, now we talk about making for stockers resilience. I've heard people talking about you know, oh, to make your supply chain resilient, we need lots more buffer stock. And I'm thinking, no, 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 you don't. You just need better, better ways to think about the throughput.
1: Yeah, you just putting a bandaid on something way, way <laughs> different than a <the> surface, scratch <laughs> right?
0: Yeah, yeah. So, and yeah, yeah. So, I, so I think that's important, isn't it? Really, to to, to do that. I mean. From your point of view, you, when you were at MIT and you went down to do this um, this consultancy in Mexico, the, the the one that you did and wrote about, you, you had a partner in that. I think it was was it Miguel uh, Aguilera. Yeah. And w- what does Miguel do? Is he is he still involved with you, or is he doing something different now?
1: Well, Miguel is uh, he works at Heineken. Oh okay. So he he he's the digital transformation lead at Heineken.
0: Ah, uh, yes, of course, yeah.
1: And and Sergio and, and Miguel were the ones who really helped me navigate throughout the whole corporate. Yeah. Uh, see, uh, because that's a thing on itself.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. I understand. In in the work that you've done, have you have you worked in any of the? Um, what I would call more difficult areas in supply chains when we think about cold chains or um, perhaps pharmaceuticals or anything like that.
1: Yes, not, not specifically pharmaceuticals, but we uh, food processing. Oh yeah, and and, and fruit and juices, uh, and these are extremely different ways of approaching than, let's say, an, an automotive supply chain because it still won't go will won't, won't go bad. <laughs> it doesn't have a. a uh, uh, um, like it, it, it's always going to be there, uh, and and in the food processing and juice processing companies, you have a extremely relevant amount of uh, uh, stuff, like a window of time on which you can do things. And the first thing that amazed me is that there's a massive amount of food and fruit and juice that goes to waste, absolutely, because of manufacturing and supply chain inefficiencies. Yeah, and um, that has like multiple ways of looking at it. Obviously, uh, regarding uh, world hunger and and deeper problems of the world, but also uh, regarding uh, the business on their own. Uh, like they were spending millions of dollars because they're, they they have massive uh, value chain and, and manufacturing inefficiencies.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah,
1: and things, things that you might think are super easy to see, like a miscommunication, a line is stopped, and uh, and the juice is taken away from and it's pulling away from the bridge or, or the cooler, <laughs> yeah. But they cannot put it back in because that's, that's a quality process, yeah. So if the guy on the line would have told the guy on the freezer, hey, don't pull the juice out because it's gonna go bad, yeah, that would be it, but they don't,
0: <laughs> yeah, I know it's. It- almost obvious isn't it really but the obvious things go missing they, they yes, don't see yes. them
1: and and again little law applies
0: almost absolutely Perfect. yeah so is is there anything you want to add about um your company and and to say to say about the the value that you offer to um your customers?
1: Sure. So, um, th- there are like uh, multiple ways of what that we have been doing to, to call manufacturers in a more smart way. And, and, and when, I, when I say produce, I mean produce and distribute and, and the whole value chain, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. One of them, and, and the easy one, is to be able to connect these sort of Uh, processes one to another and and not just to to communicate it, to connect what we're we're talking about, uh, to be able to make decisions immediately regarding what's actually happening, but to be able to understand uh, and to have a sort of a digital twin capability that allows you to understand how your factory is behaving right now. Or, or your system is going to be behaving in a, in a few hours, in a few days, in a few weeks. It also empowers you to to react in a more smart way, uh, to be able to, to understand how your factory works and to be able to, hey, if I shift this, how it's going to impact my system, uh, by itself, it creates a massive amount of value to customers because decisions are being made by, uh, AI and, 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 and not by a, a limited human capability and that's something that for example a production scheduler uh it probably from Heineken he probably he has to make a single production if he used to have to make a a single production schedule but he has like eight million of possibilities of doing that schedule, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And to be able to help him uh to to have sort of a deeper knowledge of the system and, and he he coupled with our AI, we, we don't we don't take humans away we empower humans so we empower operators we empower engineers we empower executives to be able to like to really really unleash their capabilities yeah providing them uh these sort of tools for them to be able to, to do that
0: yeah i mean you're helping them manage the matrix really aren't you in, in terms of all the probabilities that they you know they might kind of look at these and be overwhelmed by the number of choices that they, they have. And I suppose that the AI comes in and actually helps and relieves them of that uh, that problem and uh, moves them in a direction that will be more optimum for them. Yeah, and
1: and on a human level, uh, there's this story that I love. The, the, actually, the guy from the operator from Panicam, once the pandemic started, he texted me and he said, hey, Federico, I just wanted to thank you. He sent me a pictures um uh, of himself in his house with using our product, and he said something like Federico, I just wanted to thank you because thanks to Valued, I'm able to do uh, home office. Yeah, and that's yeah. something that almost no one's looking at, and obviously it's not a, a it doesn't create a, a business case behind it, and companies are not going to buy out because of that but I think that is a, a massive uh, amount of, of like it puts a, a whole new perspective on what we're doing and how we're doing things so yeah
0: well I think that's where it's gonna go don't you I think definitely that's gonna happen it's um people yes. people are working at home they've had to work at home in the pandemic and obviously this has given them the enabler to do that the tools to do it
1: yes and uh, I mean the world's changing fast and and it is remote work and and manufacturers are going to have to figure out how to do remote work works for them because they're they're not an IT or a service or of companies uh but yeah they're going to have to figure it out.
0: Yeah. Well, thanks very much. I think we've had a very good discussion there and you give me a good insight into what uh, what you do and what it's about really. Well, thanks very much, Federico, for joining us here on the Chain Reaction Podcast. It's been most informative.
1: Thank you. And and, and uh, I really enjoy our conversation. Yeah, uh, I do.
0: And thank you very much for uh, joining us here. Have okay. a really good day. Okay. All the best. Bye-bye. And make sure you listen to some of the recent episodes we've had on resilience in healthcare supply chains, and reverse logistics, and of course, supply chain careers, skills, and courses. Don't forget, you can follow Chain Reaction on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. So it'd be really great if you could go there and follow us, give us likes. And also, don't forget to follow and never miss an episode by subscribing on your favorite platform to the Chain Reaction podcast. You've been listening to the Chain Reaction Podcast, all about supply chain advantage. I'm Tony Hines. I'm signing off. I'll see you next time. Bye for now. The Chain Reaction Podcast was written, presented, and produced by Tony Hines. Hi, I'm Tony Hines. I'm here to tell you about the Chain Reaction Podcast, all about supply chain advantage.